she's been just straight up bragging about how she can come in and um, not even post nudes and make way more money than all of the, you know, desperate, jealous sluts on OnlyFans. And so (laughs) they, like, know that they're gentrifiers. Welcome to All in a Day's Sex Work. I'm your host, Blair Hopkins. Well, it is officially election season. We've got just over two months to go until we see what fresh hell is in store. I am very, very tuned into politics, always have been, so expect a lot of commentary here from me between now and November 3rd. My apologies in advance to my non-U.S. listeners. I would imagine this show does not have a robust listenership of Trump supporters, but regardless, I feel just fine about using my platform to say that I have been a blue dog Democrat since well before I could actually vote. So into the 1996 election was I that my best frenemy in fifth grade used to get my goat regularly by leaving packages of dull raisins in my cubby. And I... I don't feel that Donald Trump is, or ever was, the man for the job of highest office in the most powerful country in the world. There was, it felt, a collective disappointed groan from sex worker rights activists when Joe Biden announced Kamala Harris as his running mate. The activism community is not a monolith, obviously, and there is representation within that community from all across the political spectrum. But one thing I dare say every single sex worker rights activist is on board with is some measure of decriminalization. And Harris, with her history as a prosecutor and record as the Attorney General of California, is antithetical to our goals of having a less carceral system. I am not going to patronize my fellow lefties with platitudes about the Democratic Party being a big tent with room for everyone, even though it is. Hopeful will pull the party to the left rhetoric, even though we already have, Joe Biden's proposed platform since becoming the nominee is incredibly progressive. And I won't try to justify Harris's record by denoting that she has one of the most progressive voting records in the Senate, which she does. It's not that high of a bar to clear, but she does. Not only do I not think there are a lot of Trump supporters listening to me, I also don't think that there are many of those mysterious undecided voters. At this point, I think everyone's kind of got their opinions about those taking the stage pretty well locked in, and far be it from me to begrudge anyone voting their conscience. It is a lot harder to look past policies that adversely affect any group you belong to or care about when you are someone on the ground dealing with or trying to mitigate the results of those policies. I don't think it's even remotely charming. For example, that George W. Bush has been rebranded as some kind of Bob Ross painting portraits of soldiers when his direct actions sentenced so many of them to death. Frankly, I'd like to ask him if this hobby has managed to make the lambs stop screaming. So no, I will not be moralizing to anyone that they should put down their grudges or feelings of disenfranchisement at the hands of the system to plug their nose and vote for a Biden-Harris ticket. I am also not the kind of person who will jump down the throat of anyone who is genuinely excited or relieved by the prospect of some return to stability after an exhausting, traumatizing term under GOP leadership. Here is my soapbox. 
and the hill upon which I am willing to die all day, every day. Vote. Vote in every election you can. Get on Google, type in register to vote in your state, get registered, and vote. Vote for your city council people. Vote for your state legislators. Vote for your governors. Vote for your congress people. Vote for your county judges. If you can't vote, volunteer. Phone bank. Donate what you can when you can. Share voter registration information between bouts of yelling at racists on social media. Know your rights. Exercise them. And hold your public officials, your public servants, accountable with your voice and your vote. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, so get, be, and stay loud about what you expect and deserve from the people who represent you. Start from the bottom and support candidates who best reflect your values, and the changes will work their way up. And if you want Donald Trump gone, know this. His approval rating is freakishly stable. There's like a 10% fluctuation over any given span of time, no matter what else is happening in the world. Which is to say, massive corruption, foreign interference in U.S. elections, the destruction of our economy, our climate, our alliances, our literal lives aside, he has never really gone over about 49% approval or under 39%. His base will follow him into the gates of every dystopian hellscape he tweets us into. So the only way to get him out of office is to turn out in undeniable, massive numbers to vote. Okay, end rant and begin new rant. I'm a cranky, workaholic, prematurely old lady. I listen to podcasts and I don't watch a lot of movies. The only TV I really get to is Frasier and Golden Girls reruns. So I had no idea who Bella Thorne was before this last week when she took a giant dump in the OnlyFans pool and screwed up a lot of working class people's money in the middle of our latest global recession. But apparently, she's an actress. This has been a fast-moving story, and it's gotten confusing just as quickly. So here are the bulletin points. Rich actress decides for whatever reason that she wants to join the platform. She raises millions of dollars in under 48 hours. She scams a lot of people for fake pay-per-view nudes. The scammed people reverse their charges. OnlyFans freaks out because chargebacks cost them processing fees, so they lay down a bunch of new restrictions on content providers, including low caps on pay-per-view posts and tips, as well as a 30-day versus the previous 7-day payout period. Sex worker Twitter is furious and media jumps in. Thorne gets defensive and embarrasses herself by saying that she joined the platform to research a role for a movie she had in the works with Sean Baker, who later said in no uncertain terms that that was a lie. So, Thorne changes strategies. She starts spouting off with a bunch of mean-spirited tweets to the effect of how she was only trying to help all these ungrateful bitches. Eventually, Thorne realizes that the heat is not turning off, and crocodile tears ensue. It's hardly unheard of for the moneyed to decide that a space belonging primarily to a marginalized class of people is hip and push their way into it, then remake the space in their own image leading to further disenfranchisement of the original population. This is called gentrification, and it happens to schools, cities, fashions, you name it, entire cultures. And people rarely take it well when they're told that their naive, self-centered behavior hurts others. 
I actually can't really even blame Thorm for getting defensive. She is, after all, a spoiled 22-year-old. Hey, maybe this will end up being a valuable learning opportunity for her. She has since revised her apologies. But those apologies are meaningless unless she puts her money where her mouth is. Only fans should ban her for life and consult their current content providers on how the platform should proceed. Mainstream visibility has its pluses and minuses, and ultimately it does tend to be good for the industry, but sex workers do not need celebrities coming in, bullshitting around in the china shop of their safe and lucrative spaces in the name of any kind of saviorism. They are perfectly capable of speaking for themselves. With that in mind, yesterday I spoke with Erica Heidewald, an OnlyFans content creator whose early tweets about this drama went viral. Here are her thoughts. So I guess it was Thursday night. Um, I mean, obviously I'd heard about Bella Thorne joining OnlyFans and, you know, I'd seen people sort of debating about if that was going to be good or bad. I'd seen the news about her making a million dollars a day. I hadn't really thought about it too much. I didn't necessarily have an opinion either way. I was like, yeah, maybe we'll just, you know, expand the reach of the platform and, you know, who knows, and maybe it could be all right. Far be it from me to, like, tell anybody else how to make their money. Like, we'll see what happens here. Yeah, and, like, I'm totally all for expanding the, you know, legitimacy of sex work. Obviously, like, it already is legitimate, but sort of the cultural perception of that. And so um, I thought, maybe, you know, having some more high-profile people do it can help, you know, sort of lessen the stigma. So um, I I was sort of neutral in my opinion about it until Thursday night. One of my friends who also does OnlyFans was like, have you seen the changes that OnlyFans did because of Bella Thorne? And I was like, what? And so she told me about them, and then, you know, we started researching it and finding that it was true. And um, then I, I was furious i was so mad because (laughs) shit this is really gonna fuck me over like uh i'd already been a little worried about money lately and um and so the idea of not only earnings being limited but also just the fact like i don't it's when especially when um i heard about the 30-day pending was like okay, so when will I get paid? Will it be before I have to pay my rent? Like, uh, am I going to be completely fucked for the next two weeks? Like, I was, yeah, I was in a panic button, and I was also just really, really mad. And so that first night, I was just pissed and just tweeting stuff like, you know, if I ever see Bella Thorne, it's on site, bitch. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> and then on Friday, I realized that a lot of people, you know, didn't really understand, like, why sex workers were mad. So um, that's why I just I just sort of wrote it out so people would understand, like, everything behind it. And um had no idea that that was going to, like, blow up or anything, especially because, like, multiple times in the thread I called – I call people like uneducated, ignorant morons and stuff. I don't know. I just did not, didn't think people would want to read that as much as they did. Um, you're like, yeah. I know. Yeah. You're, when you're not used to having quite that level of spotlight, you're like, 
Wow, I sure am candid. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that, that's just me. Um, and I am, I'm always that way. Um, so, but I just didn't think. I don't know. It's funny because then some people accuse me of, um, like basically using this, um, this situation to like grow my OnlyFans, and I was like, bro, I was just ranting. Like I didn't know that that was going to blow up like I couldn't have done that on purpose if I wanted to um so yeah at that point I'd really just been reading about it since the night before and I was just steamed as tech because um yeah I mean not only was I worried about my money but um I was with two other friends who also do OnlyFans and one of them in particular she's um She's just, you know, she's extremely, like, paycheck to paycheck, and, like, she already has, like, some financial worries, and she's had some, like, tough things hit her this year, and um, and so I was just, like, mad and worried on, like, my friend's behalf also. So how does OnlyFans, can you break down how it works from um, a content provider standpoint? Um, sure. So basically, OnlyFans is... Um, it is used by sex workers a lot, but it is not sex worker specific. It's really just a way for, um, anyone to monetize creative work. And it has a, uh, a timeline that looks, it's really just like a kind of like Facebook where it's got a timeline and then you've got direct messages. And so you can post photos and videos on your timeline and um, you set a subscription price per month, um, and then you can sell additional photos and videos um, over messages, and you can, like, set a price for how much um, somebody has to pay before they even open the message. And then OnlyFans takes 20% of everything you make just across the board, your subscription prices, your messages, your tips, everything. So it's kind of like um, it's it's like a blend of some of the more traditional cam sites with with Patreon, except I know Patreon isn't very sex worker friendly. Yeah, well, especially not anymore. Um, they used to be, and then they have just uh, basically wanted to kick those people off of the platform. So they've uh, added a lot of new rules. Um, yeah, honestly, I think one of the reasons why OnlyFans has like caught on in a way that a lot of others haven't is because it's really like a social media site where you can get paid for the content you put on social media. And like it's kind of structured that way. It's easy to use like that. It really is kind of like, you know, a, a Facebook account except for you people would have to pay to look at everything you posted. What are the benefits of it versus like, you know, I don't know, Night Flirt or any of the other um, mm-hmm. content hosting sites or like clips clips for sale and stuff like that? I mean, it's it's a little bit more in the mainstream consciousness maybe, so it's it's easier to get broader audiences or? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Because um, there are other sites. Um, there's, yeah, there's ABN stars and, um, and I have profiles on several sites, but it's just a lot harder to get people to subscribe on those sites because, um, yeah, this doesn't have the same, like, mainstream um, notice. And also a lot of those 
websites will be um, catered more towards, like, clip producers. Because um, OnlyFans has a very wide variety of content creators and sex workers. And some people do produce their own, like, porn clips, like, you know, sex tapes and stuff like that. And um, And a lot of people don't. And so some of those more traditional porn sites, they're, they really only work for people who sell clips. Um, and they don't work as well for people who just sell pictures and, um, you know, maybe like sexting, personal interaction, stuff like that. Um, and then, re- yeah, really the biggest thing, though, is that OnlyFans is known about um, in more like mainstream circles. And so you can draw people in who have never paid for porn before and maybe who never considered paying for it. Um, so it, it can just draw in, like, a much wider audience. And also OnlyFans itself has a very uh, just, like, clean um, – so it's not plastered in, like, porn ads and stuff like that, uh, whereas a lot of other sites are. And not everyone who wants to see some kind of porn wants to see explicit porn. Um, a lot of people don't enjoy that kind of porn. And so I think that is also something people like about OnlyFans is they don't have to like wade through explicit content that they don't want to see and they can just subscribe to someone who posts content of exactly like their own interest and comfort level. I mean, there's been a pretty big influx onto OnlyFans since COVID hit, not only, um, you know, full service sex workers migrating there for safety, but also there's been, I mean, just even on Facebook, there's a constant memes about like, you know, if you see your uh, barista on OnlyFans, mind your business, that kind of thing. Has that, uh-huh. taken, has that taken a bite out of kind of the pie, or do you feel like the pie just expands? I think the pie just expands. I would say absolutely. I have only been doing better during quarantine, even though there are a lot more people doing it now. Um, and I I mean, I encourage people to sign up. I mean, I also tell them to sign up with my referral link, of course, but uh, I never feel like it's, yeah, that there's like a certain amount of money and then you get more people in it and it's just less money for everyone. I don't think that's true, um, especially because obviously there's a huge, huge demand for porn um, and a lot of people just have never never paid for porn, never considered paying for it, never seen why they would. But the more OnlyFans grows, the more it just kind of promotes the very idea of, like, ethical porn and um, performers as small businesses and just the entire idea of paying for porn. So I think a lot more people have become paying customers supporting sex workers who never did that before because maybe they were just, you know, watching stuff on Pornhub. But now a lot of people have seen, you know, just someone they like gets on OnlyFans. They like that person, so they want to support them. Um, 
or they realize that they can get personalized content through OnlyFans, and a lot of people really enjoy that. And so a lot of people have started to see, um, you know, that there's a lot of stolen content on Pornhub. There's things get posted on there without people's consent. And I know like, I didn't know about that until maybe a couple of years ago, and I got educated on it. And so I think a lot of people have only really been learning about that recently. So they're really just – there's a larger customer base that we just haven't even reached yet. Yeah, I mean, I think people – you know, want to, whether they're, you know, porn consumers want to be ethical, they want to feel like they are support, like, most people actually are not just, like, jacking off and then moving on with their day. Like, people want to feel good about the things they do, even if those things are intimate or uncomfortable or, or socially, you know, varying in acceptability. And yeah, you know, it's really hard, but there's only so much you can do when you're the Amazon. And yeah. OnlyFans kind of has this like Etsy vibe where it's like you can make a direct connection with a content provider and, you know, you can get customs or, or, you know, develop a relationship where you can, you know, order customs and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So what makes this different with Bella Thorne than like, you know, 50,000 waitresses suddenly getting on? Well, um, obviously one difference that I think just bugged a lot of people from the beginning is that Bella Thorne is very rich already. <laughs> like, she's already a millionaire. And so I think that just, that bothered a lot of people. It's like, you, you don't need this money. And a lot of us, like, we need it. This is how we pay our bills and this is how we survive and um to have someone come in and just sort of waltz into your profession without a second thought for fun um when they really don't even need it um that's that's frustrating for people but the biggest thing is really i mean it's that she scams people and then people did a bunch of chargebacks. Like, that's really, if she had, if she had conducted herself well on the platform, if she had taken the time to learn about the lives of actual sex workers and make sure that her work on the platform was going to lift people up instead of push people down, it probably could have been fine. Um, yeah, there's but, always going to be gatekeepers, but that's, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, but she, yeah, she scams people. And so not only did that make OnlyFans kind of scramble to figure out how to pay back for all those chargebacks as well as um, prevent something like that from happening in the future, but it also contributes to this extremely unfair stereotype that sex workers are scammers. And um that's already like a really damaging and hurtful stereotype and it's extremely untrue like everyone i know who does only fans puts a lot of work into it and a lot of effort into it and they genuinely want to make content that their subscribers will love and feel like they got you know it was worth their money and so to just 
yeah, just to waltz in and and like use the platform and the job that we work so hard at to scam people. That that's the difference uh, of like why it hasn't. It's been totally fine that other people who are waitresses and stuff have joined the platform and they figured out how to use it and they figured out how to make money at it and be part of this profession and um and that's just nothing at all like what Bella Thorne did. I think it was Arabelle Raphael who tweeted um that it was a gentrification narrative and I really liked that. It was like <laughs> you know, yeah. Even with Bella had shot back on Twitter I think the other day about like I was just trying to help you guys or what. It was like, yeah. Um, okay. A, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's what you're trying to do at yeah. all. <laughs> and B, like you suck at it. You're thoughtless. That was thoughtless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. I'm, it's, it's funny. Cause I've been saying that uh, it feels like a gentrification of sex work, but I, I didn't know. I'm like, does that even make sense? Um, so that's funny that someone else it is does, and it has well. the same results. I mean, if you think about it, like, yeah, look at a neighborhood that has had some kind of like situation that has put it in disrepair, right? Or it's been yeah. neglected, and then some circumstance comes along where suddenly it's in the eyeball of a lot of you know other young poor people, whatever, who come on and they flood this platform, and then it starts getting the attention of of you know, then it gets a reputation as being like artistic or hip or whatever and then yeah. suddenly Lady Gaga moves in and then everyone's rent goes up 17,000 times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a couple thoughts about that. One is that that exact phenomenon happened with commercial acting. So traditionally commercial acting, because I'm an actor, that's like where I've started uh, everything in my career. So um Originally, commercials were the slum in it, you know, um, people who were successful, celebrities, they never did commercials. And then this change happened where basically celebrities started getting offered insane amount, insane amount of, amounts of money to make commercials, and they started doing it. And then celebrities really flooded the commercial market, and now it's... <laughs> Sorry, my dog... Now it's very hard for like regular working actors to find those like well-paying commercial jobs that are going to help them pay their rent for six months because celebrities are taking them. And that has really genuinely changed a lot of people's careers, a lot of people's ability to make money and really an entire like economic group of people, which was working actors. So, um, yeah, that that can absolutely happen. And um, also, I feel like, so when I started, um, the first kind of sex work that I ever did um, was I started stripping a couple years ago. And I did a lot of research before I got into it because it's not the world that I came from. I chose to get into it because um, – well, I needed money, and also I thought I could like it and I could be good at it. Um, and I wanted to learn as much as I could from the people who had been doing it for a long time. And I wanted to learn all the, you know, the unwritten rules, of which there are many out of respect, you know, like you don't go 
poked other people's customers while they're talking to them, stuff like that. And so I think that that is just a responsibility that you have when you're walking into an industry that other people have built. And especially being as famous as Bella Thorne is, she had an even bigger responsibility to do that. And she she doesn't care about that at all. She didn't do it at all. So, um, yeah, it's, she's exactly a, a gentrifier coming in and knocking down a whole bunch of people's low-income housing and putting in a giant, shiny condo. Yeah, and they're, you know, most people, when they go into any new space or new industry or whatever, um, regardless of what it is, are going to try to, you know, even if you're really ambitious or you're a go-getter, you, you try to keep your head down at least enough to pay your dues and and not yeah. cause conflict because people don't want conflict. They don't want to shit on everybody else's good time and, and get a hard time and get run out on a rail. It's really indicative of the level of, like, entitlement that somebody has. Yeah. That they feel like, I'm just going to come in and I'm going to be a disruptor. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you're it's, a troll. It's a fundamental lack of respect for sex workers in the work that we do. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you've even seen it, but Bella Thorne's sister Kaylee has been writing a lot of um, extremely anti-sex worker stuff on Instagram. And um, Bella has liked some of those. Uh, so it's pretty clear where her mind really is at. Um, and she's been just straight up bragging about how she can come in and um, not even post nudes and make way more money than all of the, you know, desperate, jealous sluts on OnlyFans. And so <laughs> they, like, know that they're gentrifiers. Like, they know this is what they're doing, and they're, like, proud of it and happy about it. And they're excited to be flexing their fame and money um, on people who are just grinding to try to pay your bills and be able to live another month and um it's really it's really disgusting behavior that's the functional difference between somebody who's like a well-meaning idiot and somebody who's just like <laughs> not a good person <laughs> yeah yeah um because if like if Bella had really been a well-meaning idiot then there are a lot of things she could have done differently just in the last couple of days um also, I think if you're even a well-meaning idiot, just want to scam a bunch of people. <laughs> that seems pretty right. radical to me. Um, so, no, I gotta say, I think they're really bad people, truly. So what now? I mean, they, I know OnlyFans is like they hadn't issued a statement. They were really kind of trying to keep this, you know, in like restricted to the platform as far as like the changes yeah. go and their response and it sounds like they've walked a couple of those changes back a little bit but no one really knows yeah um yeah i think right now everything's up in the air um because some people have been like you know oh they're changing these things like don't stress about it um but like they haven't been clear about what they're doing. It's not like they ever sent us an email with here are the changes. People just literally went and tried to sell a pay-per-view video for a hundred dollars and they couldn't do it. Um, 
And so now they definitely are changing some things. Like now the max pay-per-view is 100. Um, but that's still too low. And it's still not good enough because a lot of people are selling content that is just worth more than that, that they sell for more than that. And um, so I think right now OnlyFans is kind of trying to save face. And I do hope that, like, all of this publicity and, like, negative publicity that they're getting for this um, will end up making them walk back these policies. Um, because, yeah, it's hard to know, like, what will come next because this, these changes will make, uh, the platform pretty unusable for a lot of people. Like the, the benefit of it will, will be too small. And so, uh, um, maybe people will go back to, you know, doing like premium Snapchats or they will try using other sites. Um, or I know... I know a lot of people now are just trying to like use third party payment apps. Um, and so, yeah, but even those can be really dangerous. I've, I've oh yeah. Seen a lot of people who've had their funds frozen in PayPal because they got a, yeah. you know, PayPal figured out that they were a sex worker or even a burlesque exactly. performer. And yeah. It, and hosting your own website is prohibitively expensive for a lot of people and a lot of fucking maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I, um, I think that, you know, people who are really, they're really successful. They're making a ton of money at this. This is their career. Like, they'll figure things out. If they want to be able to move their audience over to their own website or something, like, they will be able to do that. The people that this really harms is uh, the people for whom this is not their career, but it's a job or it's, you know, maybe a second or third job even. And um, this is a job people have done to make enough money just to make ends meet. Um, this really hurts them because, yeah, they can't just go make their own website. And they might only even have, like, 10 subscribers, but those 10 subscribers are giving them enough that, it, you know, helps them pay their electric bill every month. And so that's who's, like, really going to get hurt by this. And um, at least out of my friends I know who sort of fit in that category – they don't know what they're going to do right now. There's not really like a good plan. I think people are right now just kind of worried and uh, seeing what will happen. It seems like it would have been easier for them to just ban her. Like they're just like, what, is, like, what would you like? Why don't want to ban her? Like, what would you like to see the solution be? Because obviously, as OnlyFans grows, and I think this is going to carry on to, you know, even a new platform that comes about, it's going to be, you know, it's a ticking clock, right? Everyone's on borrowed time until it gets discovered as the next thing. So, like, what's the solution? I mean, what I would like to see OnlyFans do would be to um, revert back to, you know, more creator-friendly uh, policies and fully embrace the wide variety of creators that they have on their platform because they didn't kick off Bella Thorne because one, she's bringing in a lot of money. Um, and two, she represents more of the direction they want to go, which is big celebrities and, um, and, you know, and people who aren't doing nudity and, you know, um, videos and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't want to end up under the glare of like Sasha Fosta eventually, so it's, it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's I don't know. It's unfortunate because you know only I mean sex workers like built OnlyFans basically, and um, I would like to see more like recognition of that. But at the very least, like even if you're, you know, embarrassed of us and don't want to talk about us or something, like, at least just, like, leave us alone and let us make our money then. Um, that would be great. <laughs> um, so I think even just the rollback of these policies, and personally, I would also like to see a rollback of their change to the um, the referral program because they've really just been making changes um, that just, you know, are going to make creators less and less money. And um, that... Yeah, I'd like to see that change. All right. Is there anything else that you want people to know about this situation? Mm. I mean, the only true solution is the overthrow of capitalism. That's my, I'll go out on that. Today's episode was produced by me, Blair Hopkins, and brought to you in part by Swap Behind Bars. Music by New Orleans' own Johnny Sketch and the Dirty Notes. Check them out at johnnysketch.com. Special thanks as always to Alex Andrews. To contribute to the good work she's doing with Swap Behind Bars, visit swapbehindbars.org. And remember, All in a Day's Sex Work is an ever-expanding narrative. If you are a sex worker, partner, patron, or other adult industry-adjacent person, I want to hear from you email me at info at adswproject.org.